You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Good morning, America, and welcome to America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. We've got Steve Ronaldo <laughs> in at the Round Hat. See him coughing? Are you, anybody picks up on that? That's, that's the Steve yeah, Ronaldo Yeah, that's the cough. official cough. That's yeah. the official start of the show. <laughs> we've got uh, Jim Weber. I think he's uh, Jim. Yeah, he's up in uh, New York, I think. New York State somewhere. Or he's lost in uh, Never Never Land. I don't know where Jim is. But anyway, if uh, Jim, if you're listening in, hope you're having a good weekend. And... Uh, we will see you one of these days. We got a very special guest that'll be uh, we'll be talking to, and uh, I think it sort of it will mean a lot because uh, Steve is on his board of directors. It's uh, Mr. Carl Pate, and he's the president of the Horseless Carriage Club. You know, you know how hard it is to say Horseless Carriage Club really fast. Yeah, it's, it, it's one of those. I trip over my tongue. I can't get it out quickly. Well, that's because it's too long. But anyway, uh, the Horseless Carriage Club, and he and uh, Steve will t- fill us in on all the details of the Horseless Carriage Club, how long it's been around, and what all you all do. And I'm excited to uh, to listen to both of you talking a little bit yeah, later. Yeah, it's, in it's an interesting it's an interesting uh, group. Yeah, and it's uh, national. I yes, assume. and uh, international interna- actually. Oh, international. Yeah. Okay, so it should be a very good show. So we've got uh, Mr. Avante here. Yeah, I've been I've been working on it, doing stuff. Um, nothing major. Just a, well, I even got the clock to work. Ah, what I, was the matter? I'm curious. You I don't know. Work. What was I don't know. I I it, it would run and stop and run and stop. So. I went online and asked some people. It was uh, you remember Stuart Warner gauges? People sure. Get, oh, okay. It wasn't Stuart Warner. It was S and W. S and W. Yeah, Stuart Warner. And I and I just asked a question, and the guy said, "Here's what you can do. Give it a try. It won't cost you anything. Get it out. Pull the light bulb out. To the illum- little illumination bulb. Spray some electric contact cleaner. Let it dry, and then spray some silicone in there through the hole where the bulb goes. Now it works fine. I'll be darned." Uh, yeah, it's just all gummed up after all these years, so yeah. the, the the clock is working fine. That's kind of cool to how, have that happen. How hard, because it's embedded into the dash, right? Yeah. How hard was that to... Nothing. No, no, it, they haven't... Uh, it comes... there. One of the things that they did, which is pretty smart, uh, on the side of the, the uh, dashboard, or dash panel, whatever you want to call it, because it's sort of a U-shape... Sort of like an it, it, Raymond Lowy, the guy who designed this stuff, was probably one of the most interesting people in automotive history. Not only did he design cars, he he was very instrumental in the the uh, uh, Art Deco movement. He designed toasters, huh. all kinds of things. He, this would have been back in the early sixties, right? Well, back or in the in the forties, even. 40s. Oh. Yeah, yeah. He was a big big proponent of this Art Deco stuff, and he died in the the seventies. Uh, but he was an airplane fanatic. This 
the dashboard of the Avanti looks like something you'd see in an airplane, and the switches are like, you know, you see them on an airplane when they move the throttle yeah, forward. Sure, sure. They all are little sliding levers like that, yeah. and some buttons yeah. overhead. And, and anyway, so on the side of the dash panel, there's three screws you get off, and there's a big access hole to get at everything. Wow. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you can get oh, at everything. Geez, so it didn't take uh, just a couple minutes. Take three screws, screws out and got it right out. Can't you remember, I'm sure you can even better than I, but uh, when I would do it, whether it was a 55 Chevy or whatever it happened to be, you know, you'd be laying on the hump in the middle of the of the floorboard, breaking your neck, breaking your back, twisting your hands around. Oh, yeah, different yeah, yeah. Ways from hell to get to whatever you're trying to and, get And your, your hands end up looking like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's yeah, the that's the look. Yeah, the, all the black and blue and cuts. Yeah, oh. that's, a, that's, that's a normal way. And then you, you just happen to be working on the radio or happen to be working on something, yeah. and that one damn wire would touch something. And spark, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that, you know. But anyway, uh, so now, now there's small things like fixing the the surround for the uh, um, uh, sunroof. Yeah, uh, that was cracked, and Is I was talking the rubber. No, it's not rubber. It's hard plastic. It's just it's sort of a fill piece. Makes it look nice. Oh, okay. And uh, this is kind. Of, I didn't know this either, but I I went down to. Uh, uh, Home Depot, and I have a piece. The guy was smart. He gave me a piece of the upholstery material, and it matches all this stuff. And I went down to Home Depot, and I brought this. I said, can you match this? And the girl says, yeah, give me five minutes. And it came back, and I and, and she... What were you matching? Matching the color of the interior okay. off of a piece of seat material. Yeah. And I used that to, to after I had, you know, after I used some stuff to fill the crack. There was two cracks in this stuff. Uh, and this thing matches perfect because huh. they use a spectrometer. They yeah, get it yeah. just dead on the money, and and it cost me two dollars and fifty cents for a little jar of of uh, paint. Huh? That's interesting. And I asked her. I said, "Can I? You think I might be able to put this on the leather?" She said, "Absolutely. It's it's uh, um, oh what I can't think of the name. You know, I have ophartitis, whatever." Huh. Oh, anyway, the stuff you can watch with water, not not oh, not oil based latex. latex yeah. yeah, and she says it'll flex. So if, if you if you have a couple of spots on the the you want to touch up, this will work fine on leather. I've done it at home. Huh. So for two fifty, yeah, I you know I had a couple of little chips and stuff in the leather. I filled them in, and now you don't hardly see them. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, and then the next thing now is is to. Uh, uh, do the because he, he put glass packs on it and I can't stand that noise. <laughs> Jeez, I, I'm getting old. When I was 21, I'd have taken the mufflers off and put glass packs on. Absolutely. Yeah, then I'm, I'm almost 70. I want <laughs> glass packs off and mufflers. <laughs> Our, uh, in Lubbock, we had a city ordinance against glass packs. Yeah, a lot of places did. You know, but uh, yeah, and uh, and uh, and uh, lake pipes. Yeah, like outside and, pipes. Yeah, and uh, we we used to, uh, you know, before you had a race. <coughs> yeah, you could it. take the little oh, covers yeah. off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Take the covers off. Yeah, um, but uh, and then we're I'm doing the Thunderbird, and I don't know if I told you about coming back from Richmond. Yeah, you did. With yeah, 140 uh, yeah, degrees. Yeah. And uh, 
We're, that that's waiting to get the hard top on. I hope the guy gets the stuff this week. So, a lot of ongoing and continual well, projects. So you got the stuff that you took the carpet up and laid the. I haven't done that yet. Oh. He he knows. He said I can take the seat out of that car. He said you can't, but I've got a lift. He said I can get that seat out of there in about ten minutes. There's only six bolts. Wow! And it lifts up, and he said I'll just. He said I'll just put it in for you. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and that, and I, but I thermotech wrapped the exhaust, and that stuff is horrible to use. I, I mean, if you guys have never done it, what's nice about thermotech is if you have a car um, that had that's hot on the floor. Thermotech is a. Uh, there are several companies. DEI makes some stuff. Uh, and you wrap it around the exhaust manifold. It it's it's uh, uh, it it works, but it's just a real pain to put on. Uh, and this something I found out that I didn't know. I when I used it before, I used to use radiator hose clamps, but Home Depot in the electrical section sells. Uh, a foot-long stainless steel wire tie cable clamp, whatever you want to call it, they're stainless. Hmm. I, yeah, I never knew there was such a thing. No, because and the others rust out. They're well, they're plastic. Yeah. They're, oh, plas- they're plastic. These are the ones you buy. These are stainless steel. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. These are stainless, and they're ten for like five bucks, and and it works perfect to hold that stuff on the exhaust. I mean, oh. and and I thought, well, I looked at these and I said, how the hell is it going to not Un, you know, become loose. You put it on and pull it tight, just like the 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 plastic wire ties. You are not pulling that loose. I don't and I don't know how it works, but it works. Huh. Uh, so I found out about that stuff. I didn't know that there was a, such a such a thing, and it's cheap. They're like three four bucks, and you get ten of them at Home Depot. So. If anybody's looking for something to do that around the exhaust system or something where it's very hot. Uh, you can get get that stuff at Home Depot, and and it's really inexpensive. By the way, I I throw this out for whatever it's worth before I forget it. You and I suffer from the same thing. If I don't say it now, I'll forget it in two <laughs> seconds. But anyway, uh, I want to thank uh, our sponsor, Passport Transport. They're out in Pebble Beach at the moment. Uh, yeah, everybody's out in Pebble Beach yeah. in Monterey. I uh, wish I was out there and calling in. But then again, I don't know who I'd call into. But anyway, <laughs> it would be uh, it would be fun. So we want to give a shout out to uh, Passport Transport. Our buddy uh, Ed Watts is out there, and I guess he's got a lot of green trucks lined up. And I'm sure Mr. Taylor is there too. I'm sure Mr. Taylor is there. So want to shout out to them and uh, tell them to drive. Be careful and uh, have a good time. I, you can't beat the pedestrian. Peninsula of Monterey. I was stationed at uh, Fort Ord and uh, got to travel around a little bit around that area, and it is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I went one time. Uh, I, I went to Pebble years ago, years and years ago. I've only been once. There's a lot of these things I've I've done once. You know, I, I was, it was like in in my job, I was able to go to one Indianapolis 500. Wow. I was able to go to one Daytona 500. One Kentucky Derby, one World Series game, one Super Bowl game. <laughs> you know, because we had those were dealer sponsored events, and they they'd always want us. You know, not not chaperone is not the right word, but to sort of 
be with the, the car dealers and stuff. And so I always volunteered to oh, that's cool. to go. Yeah, so I got to see some of these things once, and and uh, once is enough for most of them. <laughs> I started to say eight million people at yeah. these things, and I don't look good at it with a mint julep and a big floppy hat anyway. Well, it's, it's just because you don't get a manicure before you, yeah, you know. Yeah, manicure. <laughs> if you yeah. do that, that might help, I guess. I don't know. And uh, we have a lot of stuff coming up. Um, the Glidden Tour is coming. Which Hershey is, is right around the corner. Hershey's not far off and uh, uh, getting ready for that. But uh, the Glidden Tour is in three weeks in North Conway, and it's limited to 400, and they sold it out in a week. And we talked about it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's quite a tour, and then the reliability tour is in November, which we we we've talked about, and that that's uh, that's a big brass car tour. Brass being sixteen and older, and we'll have Mr. Payton, who's much more in tune with the the brass hobby than most people. Does he have a, a brass? Yes, he does. Uh, uh, I I think he has uh, Fords, if I remember right. My, early for even before Model Ts. I think because you know everybody's well, Model T was the first Ford. No, that's not true. Uh, Ford had. Oh, and by the way, I want to send out my condolence to Rod Hayen. His his dad dad died, and he's in the Midwest. Nice man. Really nice, nice family, and and uh, he uh, uh, he has those early, early Fords too. One of them is a, is a hazardous biohazard because it throws so much oil out. I think he gets like a gallon of oil a mile. <laughs> I you know so anyway, um, it's uh, uh, a lot of fun with the the brass car stuff. It's. Uh, Oh, okay. You call, we got we got Mr. Pate. Yeah, we're going to uh, take a break right quick. We'll be back on America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show right after this. Forty-five years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation, Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. 
Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And as always, we do thank you for listening to America's Web Radio. And we've got our very special guest, Mr. Carl Pate. He is the president of the Horseless Carriage Club of the United States, I guess. America. Of America. Yeah, HCCA, uh, yeah. We, uh, Carl, we appreciate you coming on the uh, the show today with us on the Classic Car Show, and and it's um, you've got we've got a guy here that you ha- I understand you have to take the gavel too frequently. Is that right? <laughs> the gavel, uh, not necessarily, not necessarily. It's a good group. It sort of uh, runs on its own, but uh, even it Steve. Direction sometimes. Well, now I can appreciate what you just said. Runs on it. That's Steve running on his own. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But anyway, we're glad to have you with us, and uh, you and Steve know each other well, and we wanted to give uh, certainly the club a um, little uh, boost today if we can, and so as we're talking, we'll uh, try to get some, we're always interested in getting you all more members, and uh, we'll just let you all talk about what the club does and what you got coming up, and uh, I'll let Steve have it. Okay. Hi, Carl. How you doing? Good? Hi, Steve. Good. Yeah, let's take a minute, and and as you've been around Horseless Carriage Club of America a long, long time, a little bit of the the history of Horseless Carriage Club and and, and sort of, you know, what it's all about. And, you know, I might be able to throw in a a couple things, but when did it start? Where did it start? What's it do? What is it? What are we trying? What is the premise? Yeah, I'm not quite that old, but uh, it started in the 30s in California, a group of uh, local antique car enthusiasts got together and remember when we talk about antique cars these are 1915 and older so they are truly the horseless carriages of of their day and it was a different experience uh you know no windshield one or two cylinders no doors uh you were out there uh and sometimes no top Uh, (laughs) so you were exposed but anyhow a club was formed um and as time went on um other individuals with similar interests in other parts of the country um, started forming their own groups and hooked up with Horseless Carriage to create a you know, national or international organization. Um, it consists of local groups, uh, regional groups or registries uh, in different parts of the country, Canada and, and elsewhere. Um, the benefit of it is uh, the well, probably the highest, most important with any group is the the social environment, the people meeting people, the people helping people. 
um, it's changed. It's not a, a, a group that's, that doesn't help others. Uh, it's open to the public in the fact that we try and educate people on, on our historic vehicles and where they came from and what they did and how they changed the world. Um, so it's, it's changed over the years. We visit schools to give kids a hands-on. Um, you know, so it's a, it's, it's a social group of people that have a common interest. Now, additionally, the, the key factors are um, the organization and communication. Uh, we have a, a magazine called, called The Horseless Garage Gazette, which I think is one of the best. It's beautiful. It's a wonderful um, magazine. Which gives you history, um, uh, talks about the various tours. It's written by the members and, and obviously the editor. Uh, so that's a common core. Um, we, years ago, started to get a little bit more uh, into the current world by <coughs> a website. Uh, hard for some of the old-timers because they're used to paper and pencil uh, and these vehicles that are really old. But uh, we have a website. Uh, we send out a national newsletter to the members because one of the problems we found with all volunteer organizations is communication. And in a lot of uh, clubs, you, you just get a magazine and a bill, uh, you know, for your dues. And, you know, we need to keep our members more informed. So we send out emails uh, to those on the list, uh, to all the regional groups and registries to keep them informed. Um, <laughs> Carl, do you, do you have a... You own one of these old cars, because if you take it into a local shop, uh, they don't really know what to do. They <laughs> And uh, to check the oil is a whole different process than today. <laughs> Carl, Carl, do you have uh, groups in, in every state? Are you represented in... Not every state. Um, there are regional groups throughout the country and the registries. And the difference between the two is a regional group is geographic, whereas a registry is a common interest, like high wheelers. Those are carriages, literally carriages with a motor. Um early Ford group, uh, which is obviously all early Fords, or Maxwell's, or Oldsmobile's, or um, uh, Pope Hartford's locomobiles, you name it. Um, so it depends. And they're all over. Okay. There's about 90, don't hold me to this number, but there's over 90 different groups within the organization. Uh the other difference in today's world is we provide for those organizations uh, liability insurance. Now, every member has to get insurance on their car in order to tour, uh, just as you do every day. Uh, but there is liability with running events and so forth, and <clears throat> there's a whole plethora of things that it covers. So Horses Carriage does a really good job in that we have basically two insurance policies that cover the the officers, the directors, the leaders of tours uh, for hopefully things that we hope don't happen. Let me, let me ask you, when you're saying that, does that also cover, um, obviously, horseless carriages? If they're going anywhere, they have to be trailered. So does it also cover any of the... You know, that? that's... that's Probably 90% yes, but not all. <laughs> there are some that still drive to an event 
there are not many of them. I hope they're about two uh, miles there was away. That, you know, I was just out in Minnesota the last couple of weeks, and uh, Dean Yoder, I, I, I'm not sure where he comes from, but he's driven 100,000 miles with his Model T and trailer. <laughs> and I think he was planning after the event that we were at to head out to it's either Colorado or Utah for an off-road event. <laughs> so, <laughs> I right. say they're all trailered. No, but no, they, they already yeah. are. All right, let, just just to clarify everything, d- d- define horseless carriage. I get this question too. What is and what makes a horseless carriage as opposed to a Model A Ford or a, a, you know something a Pierce Arrow? Yeah. I think uh, it's the crudeness of the cars, uh, it's the age of the cars, uh, period of the cars, and a common factor that there are, most of them are referred to as a brass era car. Um, originally, uh, a lot of these cars, well, the first ones, no, didn't weren't known for brass. They had brass lights and so forth, but the radiators were very crude. Um, but it's 1915, and the reason it's 1915 is because of World War I, uh, brass stopped being used on cars. They needed the brass for shells, um, you know, to fight, fight the war. Yes. So that brass era pretty much stops in about 19, the end of um, 1915. Uh, they're open cars, they're crude cars, the brakes are usually mechanical. Now, some members, uh, for safety reasons, uh, may modify the brakes or improve them slightly uh, so that they're safe. Uh, obviously, that's an important factor. Uh, they drive slower, uh, so we can tend to, we realize we can tend to get away in, in the modern heavy traffic that flies by to get from to one place to the other really quickly. That's not the way it was originally. Carl, I'm curious, do you have a lot of crossover of people that are strictly into the horseless carriage, but they also have uh, later model cars? Or oh, absolutely. Are the horseless absolutely. carriage people just uh, strictly horseless carriage? A car uh, enthusiast usually doesn't have one. It's like a disease. I'm sitting across. Yeah, I'm quite things. inflicted. Thank you very much. Yeah, quite <laughs> af- afflicted. And, and yeah. I think some of it is because there's different types of tours. You know, some are shorter for the little cars that have one or two cylinders and maybe eight horsepower or ten horsepower, whereas there are some other tours that can run up to a hundred, 120 miles a day, and those are obviously bigger cars. So that's that's a challenge. And sometimes when a tour is created, uh, they'll have two routes, one for the slow movers and one for the bigger movers, faster movers. Yeah, and some of those big, some of the big brass cars uh, are pretty fast. People think they look, at, they, they look at little Model Ts, but some of those things can really <laughs> move down the road, some of those 15 and oh, yeah, well, cars. I, I know the Ford's the best, and I can tell you the Model K will get up into the 70s. Yeah, no. that's that's the the six cylinder, right? That's the six cylinder, forty horsepower. Yeah, there's not a lot of those. No, very few. But the problem really is is stopping. You know, there's two <laughs> mechanical brakes. <laughs> that's, well, and with the, some of those big cars, that's tough. Yes, it and is. If you look at a steam car that's carrying thirty gallons of water, and then it's carrying 
uh, 10 or 12 gallons of fuel uh, for the main burner, and then it's got a little more fuel for the pilot, and you start adding that all up, it gets to be a real heavy car. Do you, do you think the pilot's fuel is scotch or bourbon? <laughs> uh, probably close. No, it's gas or kerosene, depending on the burner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but the model, but the Model T will run on anything that burns. <laughs> yes, it will. It 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 will. I you know I've had my T for years and driven it all over on many many tours and and uh, the reason they do well is they're very simple. I mean, if you've got air and gas and electricity, they'll run, um, and they're really simple to work on. And if you don't get you know one of the early ones, you get one of the later ones. They're not really that expensive. They're sometimes even less than a used car. <laughs> yes, absolutely. A- so absolutely. That's, that's how you get into this hobby. Uh, you know, find people that, um, or contact a group, ask questions, because all these groups, whether it's Horseless Carriage or AACA, uh, Antigua Club of America, or a Model T group, they're all there to help. Yes, and they will help you. Oh, yes, absolutely. Carla. Uh, the best example I can give is uh, my wife and I were out in Detroit for the old car festival, and we were cleaning one of the, two of our cars up outside the trailer by the hotel, and this German family came by, father, wife, uh, son, and daughter. And, uh, you know, they started asking some questions, so we answered them, and then another member came by with his K, and he says to the father, would, geez, would you like a little ride? Oh, sure, he says. So the whole family piled in, and they went for a ride and came back, and they were really interested. And they were in the U.S. for about a four-week, I don't know what, holiday, I guess they call it. Well, the next day, he found we were stopping someplace on the tour, uh, so he changed his schedule, and they met us at that same place to see all the cars. And after we got home in the fall, I got this email about December that says, He'd taken our advice and contacted a local car group in Germany, uh, happened to be Model T's, uh, bought a Model T, had it shipped <laughs> to Germany, and they now have a new member of the family, which I think was in like a 1926 Model T. Carl, Ooh. we're going to have to stop here take a break. You're listening to America's Web Radio. We'll be back right after this. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. 
45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. You know, we're sort of a, a standalone type operation. I don't know of many other shows that are exactly like what we do. We've had museums on. We've had uh, clubs on. We've, we're going to have the uh, AAC uh, library on again in the near future. And... Uh, we we appreciate the the numbers that we well, pull people you know, listen. I, I think we I, I think we do a you know a pretty good job in trying to support the hobby overall. As compared to you know my Camaro doesn't start when it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Carl. Let let speaking of that, I I think one of the benefits of, you sort of touched on a little bit of belonging to a, an organization. And let's uh, we'll stay with the horseless carriage theme, which are probably some of the most peculiar and unique cars. Because back in the day, there were no rules. Everybody was doing doing anything they thought they had built the better mousetrap. And I think one of the big benefits of of horseless carriage, especially for the early car people, is is finding who, what, when, where, and how can I make this work or who can supply the parts or where can I get something done and stuff. I I think that's an invaluable service that Horses Carriage Club of America provides to 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 the early car owners. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's like uh putting an addition on your house. Who do you go to? And the best example is you go to somebody that's done it. Okay? And if they were if if they weren't satisfied with the service they're not going to tell you about it. If they like the person that helped you, they're going to give their name and address and phone number and everything else, and that's sort of how it works. But additionally, even for for some of the members, they have an extensive knowledge of experience over the years, and you just can't beat experience. No, you can't. Um, and some people think, oh, well, I can just take one of the operator's manuals that came out in yeah, 1904. All six pages, all six pages, yeah. Yeah, and... <laughs> It doesn't read the same way. I mean, the best example I can give to somebody is is that it says pull on the emergency brake on the early Ford. Well, there is no emergency brake. The emergency brake is low. <laughs> well, that's different than today's modern brake <laughs> because the engine can't be running. <laughs> so it's yeah. interpretation, and that's where the members help. Um, additionally, they can tell you what to take on a tour, what, what's, what are the... Um, the weaknesses of certain cars and the best way yes. to view it is look on the tours if you're going to go buy one look on the tours what are most of the cars you see they're usually pretty reliable especially if you keep it up to date you know your maintenance and, and so forth yeah i know when i was getting into it with really considering doing brass car stuff i was told of the of the brassier cars other than the big cars which is out of my price range that right. Ford, Buick, 
and Rio were affordable and probably the best of the the, the choices because there's a lot of information, a lot of parts yep. uh, out there for this. And they aren't killer cars. I mean, you can buy a nice brass tee for 15 and have a great time. Yep, yep. And you may find some for less than that. I mean, you, know, you just never know. Um, and they'll you can find them anywhere. Uh, you'd still be surprised. They're not as many as there used to be, but there still are some barn finds, as they say. Yeah, the the the, the that, that guy that writes the books, the cobra in the barn. Yeah, those are funny, funny stories. Uh, all right, now I want to. I want. Well, I got a couple, three things. First of all, I want to. I want you to tell everybody. I know that you are very accomplished in early Ford circles. And we're, we're talking even pre-Model T because a lot of people think, well, the Model T was the first Ford, and it's not even close. And oh, no, you, there were up to 13 different models. And, and you've written if, some books. You know everything. Within the last two years, we found there were two other models of G&H that probably not many know of. Yeah. Uh, may not have made it to production, but um, they were in development. And you've written some books on that this subject. Uh, one book. Let's see. Yeah, let's just keep it in the right perspective. Uh, yeah, one book. Uh, it was supposed to be a hundred pages soft cover, and when I found out, uh, and it was supposed to be a, for a very small period, and I expanded it because, believe it or not, uh, for a hundred years of uh, the Ford cars, there was no book on the early Ford cars before the Model T. There was nothing. Carl was... Uh, it was just... It was scattered all over the place. And that's sort of how we got into it. Carl was... Uh, a, we was owned a... a car, had a group, and some of the members said, oh, look at look at this information. And then we started comparing things on cars and found differences. And uh, it just grew. And ultimately was, you know, 535 pages hardcover. <laughs> and the appendix is on a DVD with 2,800 files and three videos. Gee. Carl, was, was the uh, so, T the first uh, production or assembly line car? Excuse me? Was the uh, T the first uh, assembly line car? Uh, I think so. Uh, I, I can't speak for all their brands, but yes, in the Ford's case, yes. But here's a question for you. What was the first Ford car called in 1903? Ford. For only one month. Ford. No. It was called a Ford Mobile. Ford Mobile, huh? Yep. And I have a feeling there were too many mobiles. There was a local mobile, Crest Mobile, Hup Mobile. Uh, there was a lot of mobiles. And so Henry changed it, or somebody in his company did, to the Ford. So after that, all of the different models were referred to as the Ford. Yeah, that's cool. That's interesting. <laughs> like Model A, if you tell people you have a Model A Ford, and they all, they all picture a Model A Ford. They don't, oh, absolutely. Yeah, they don't see the, the real early ones. Yep, yep. And that's the first example of, uh, of how parts were not thrown away. They were used until they were used up. Because he actually had two Model A's in the beginning. He had a Model A 8 horsepower and a Model A 10 horsepower, which, if you read the words, would say, well, it was an enhanced A. Um, so that's the first example we see of... Well, you know, using up the parts but making improvements and, you know. And the reason him and others used the term model is because it was to tell the public, you know, we've got something new and better 
than what we had before, and you might want to consider buying another car. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah cool. Now, cool I stuff. want to jump in the hobby, but I'm very concerned about keeping the car up and running and getting replacement parts. How do you address that? Uh, well, it depends on the car. Uh, if you've got something exotic, you need to know a nice machinist that can make <laughs> you a new part. But in the case of the Model Ts, um, and it's pretty much the whole gauntlet, except you get the real early ones, um, there are a lot of parts out there, and there are companies that uh, make the parts that wear out, the bands and the brakes and the, and the so forth. So it's not as difficult as you think. There are a number of vendors, uh, at least two or three that I know, that you can call up today and have a part on your door in two days, yeah, not and, sooner. And they will help you, believe me. The, the oh, guys absolutely. at Langs... And they'll make sure if you want it right, they know their stuff. Yeah, the guys at Langs are... Uh, Steve Lang is, uh, Don's, is just wonderful. He'll spend... He'll talk to you and say, no, you don't want that one, you want this one. Right, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, there are, Model Ts, there's a lot of support for, an awful lot of support. And but there are for others, and there are some individuals that have patterns, that's the parts that you use to cast new parts, and there are a number of machinists, some better than others, that uh, will help you finish up the parts so you can put it in your car. There are a number of restorers that, you know, if you want a hands-on, they'll get it running. You, you do need to be somewhat of a hands-on person on these things because something can happen on the road, and if it's not major, you can probably get it get it back up and running pretty quickly. Now, do you recommend for anyone getting into it that you stay OEM as possible, like uh, if it needs to be reupholstered, do you try to stay with that? or And, and as far as uh, any really of the other parts? It's really an owner's preference. Um, we don't tell you what to do and every owner has a different perspective remember there are different types of owners there are owners that will buy a car just for the hunt uh, there were owners that will buy them for touring displaying showing um, and then you can get into the other avenues of oh well, well let's find out about this car so then you start doing <coughs> research and that's the uh, that's the disease that I got after a while with our 1903 Ford. You know, well, let me find out about this car. And then you start gathering stuff, and, you know, that's how the, the book came about. So there's different aspects of the hobby. When you first buy an old car, and I don't care what it is, it could be a 56 Chevy, you go to a car show, and you're real proud of your car, and you sit next to it. And then you suddenly say, you know, this is, a hot, this is really hot sitting on this asphalt. Why don't I drive it? So you start driving it, and then you hook up with others, and you start touring, and then you get the camaraderie ship, and uh, you help others out, and then you start doing research, and you find out, oh, this car came from somewhere else, and you start looking back. Because one of the things that's really easy to fall into is to have one car not know anything about it, you know, or where it came from or how it got there. See, that's that's one of the things that I that drew me to Horseless Carriage, was I, I'm not a big car show guy. I, I'm like you, sitting on in my lawn chair behind my car from 10 till 3 o'clock is not one of my favorite things to do on a 95-degree day. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and Horses Carriage doesn't do shows. It's all about keeping them running, keeping them on the road, and making them safe. So, again, we'll pick Model T's as that seems to be, you know, the, the, the car everybody starts, most everybody starts with. Um, you know, putting brakes on, putting brakes on a Model T instead of those wet band brakes is, is acceptable in Horseless Carriage. Uh, so that you have a brake system, actually. Yep. Carl, with that being said, we're going to have to take our uh, second break, or our third break, actually. And uh, okay. we'll be back with Carl Pate right after this on America's Web Radio, the classic car show. Stay tuned. Uh, 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. We have Mr. Carl Pate on today. He is the president of the Horseless Carriage Club of America. Carl, how long uh, have you been president and how long will you be president? Uh, luckily, uh, it's simple. We uh, elect a new president each year. Uh, I was elected in April, and the next convention is in Oklahoma City in March of next year. So it's about a one-year stint. Uh, let me ask something. I, knowing Steve and and his bride, Steve is is extremely, I guess, fortunate uh, in that Brenda takes quite an interest in uh, in the classic cars and and going to the uh, tours and so forth, and she also. Um, Get Steve uh, uh, tailored, maybe that's a good word for it, dressed up to play the part and all this. And then I know uh, Brenda uh, wears the different outfits that are appropriate to the time and so forth. Do you find this true with, with most of your members? Because you all are sort of, you're, you're sort of different from the poodle skirt of the 50s compared to the whatever they wore back you in mean, the... I, uh, I can't wear right. my poodle skirt? You can't, no, not anymore, oh, Steve. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, uh, yeah, do you find most of your members are like that? Um, I think historically more a, a couple of years ago or years ago we were more so that way. Uh, we still do a, a number of people dress up in period or dusters, which look like long coats because they're very effective. But not everybody is, and it's not a requirement. And I think some of that is um, in society we tend to be a little less, less formal today than we were years ago, um, which is sort of unfortunate because it's really neat yes. to see these cars being driven in period clothes. People love uh, it, my too. My wife and I just finished the New London, New Brighton run in Minnesota and on the website, or I've, I've seen some shots, and uh, we were in period dusters. Neat. Um, so it is fun, but not everybody does. I, I hate to even use this word on, on my conservative radio station, but I, I feel like it's important. Do you have a relationship with Hollywood? Uh, I don't know. Uh, some do, uh, but that's not my niche. Uh, does the club at all? And doing what's best for the whole group. No, that's so individual. I'm not here to yeah. promote myself or anything else. No, it's individual. We, but I've been. My cars have been in movies. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I think that that that's a good part. But one of the things that that I I it's a very important to me. It, it always has been is trying to to get the next generation involved in this. And I I think. Horses carriage has a a harder job than a lot of the other ones simply because number one these cars are not comfortable. There's no XM radio. There's no air conditioning, and in my no case, there's no doors. There's no roof. There's no nothing. <laughs> and and uh, and and. It, trying to get younger people, and I'm not talking just you know elementary school kids. I'm just talking about people in their 20s and 30s to even get into this is is a a, a challenge. But the fun part, funny part is, when they get into it, they stay. They mm-hmm. they do stay once they try it. They this is really cool. You know, it's a smile a mile in these old cars. Oh, absolutely. Well, the best example was we were, before we headed out to Minnesota, we stopped in Virginia to visit our two grandsons who were, twin grandsons who were four. And so I said, well, let's let's give them experience. So they we took them to a school parking lot. And I said, you want to drive? I mean, literally steer, okay? Now, yeah, we're going like two miles an hour. Uh, but you know, and they'd stand in front, literally stand, because you can you can do that in these old cars, or the and you're that small. And I said, you know, don't touch the pedals. That's me, and you just steer, and you try and keep this car in the middle of the road. And you know, the expressions on their faces is like, wow, I'm you not got them, brother. I'm not in a car seat. I can see out, and they're like adults. I mean, they're in control. You know, yeah, you've got your hand on the wheel, but they don't know that. And so, you know, that was my attempt to catch their, my grandson's interest real early before the other things in society catch up with them. Uh, I'm not sure that, I'm not sure that's going to be immediate, but we'll see. Well, Horses Carriage has programs uh, and stuff available for schools, for social groups to, Mm -hmm. to introduce people 
uh, to this like even something say I belong to the the uh, uh, local rotary aren't, aren't there things available for them to yes, do, do a program uh, about this we, stuff we split off some funds a while ago to uh, Horses Carriage uh, Educational Institute which is 501c3 uh, and that allows people to donate to it, take a tax deduction, and it's uh, educational-oriented, um, from uh, video to uh, paperwork for schools that they're working on right now. So, yeah, that's the attempt. But I think as you and I have talked, Steve, it's, that's, a, that's a long-term issue, the students. I, I think the next focus is to find the people that are getting near retirement and don't have a hobby. Because what do you do when you don't have your job anymore? You watch you know, Oprah. You can't read a book all day. You watch Oprah and croak. <laughs> yeah, or your fingers get tired doing uh, texting. Yeah, um, well. <laughs> so that's the challenge I see for the next generation. If if they have a hobby, great. But if they don't, they've got to find something to do when they retire. Huh. And we're hoping that we're one of them to you know preserve these historic vehicles that got the world on the road. Yeah, how, how how would somebody say somebody's listening and and uh, their father does belong? We'll say to a, a a Rotary or Optimus Club. How how would somebody get a hold of what's available? Or how would they find out about this stuff? Well, real simple ways to find a local club, and the best example that your kids would tell you is Google it. Uh, you know. Uh, majority, if not all of them, I wouldn't say all, but majority have websites. Um, and you can find who to contact, who to talk to. And for anybody that's trying to get into the hobby, whether it's uh, the antique or a pioneer or classic periods, uh, it doesn't matter. Same thing applies. Find somebody that, that has one that's a member of a group and ask questions, and the group will help you. Um, bring you into the fold, so to speak, um, and get started. And do a program. They even come and you know bring the car. Oh, and let's, let's have a model. One of the fun things I know Brenda did was a Model T driving school, and she just well, a, a number of us go out and talk. I mean, I've talked to Rotaries, I've talked to other clubs. Obviously, mine's focused on Ford cars, but other members do it on a multitude of topics. You know, in the hobby, so that's that's the best way to do it. Yeah, and I think Horseless is on the right track. I think they're doing the right thing, trying to to uh, get people to to uh, find out. You know, this is where it all started. This is not Toyotas and 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 uh, Acuras. Oh, absolutely. And find out what you know. And I, I as you know, I, I I'm pretty eclectic in the cars that I have. Uh, I get a much more feeling of accomplishment after completing a horseless carriage tour for a week than, than I do, we'll say, a car dedicated to the 50s and 60s tour. Well, the best, the best one I had was uh, we were at a local car show, which even led in uh, 2014 uh, <laughs> uh, Corvettes. And a girl about nine came over at about 2.30 and said, you know, Mr. Pate, um, and our our little section had two cars. It had a 1903 Ford and a 1910 uh, Stanley Seamer. And she said, you know, of all the cars in the show, I like these the best. And, you know, so we talked for a couple of minutes, and 
I explained how important school was and, you know, do well in school, make money, and then maybe you can own one of these someday and so forth. So then she sort of walked over to where her father was, and I said to my wife, I said, you know, it's about 2.30, so maybe we should leave because we're not into this trophy stuff. And I said, you know, I'm going to do something different today. I'm going to ask if she'd like a ride. So I went over to the dad and said, listen, would your daughter like a ride in a 1934? He said, oh, sure. I said, well, the only condition is you have to come along, too. So, uh, you know, we asked her. She said, great. So she talks to my wife, and my wife says, well, do you want to sit in the front of the back? And she says, well, I'll sit in the back. And so my wife had to show her how to get in through the rear of the car because it's a rear door, not doors on the side, and sit in one of the corner seats, one on each side. And the father sat in the front with me, and we drove around the car show and came back and stopped and, you know, and, and went our way. And I just can't imagine, cause, and she was, of course, elated, um, but she had the nerve to, you know, come over and say something to somebody. So I felt that was, that should be rewarded. But just imagine what she said to her mother when she went home, you know, like, sure. guess what I did today, or went to school the next day and said, uh, You'll never believe what I got to write. <laughs> yeah, I've been show and tell. Little kids in the neighborhood would come and ask, Oh, yeah. Will you be show and tell it for me? And uh, yeah, I'll dress up in, in an old costume and go to the school. Well, ask some of these owners how they got started. And I bet you a lot of them will tell you. Well, you know, it was the guy down the road that gave me a ride. Exactly. I never forgot that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Well, anyway, I know we're sort of running out of time. Let's Let's go back and talk. How, if somebody wants to find out more about Horseless Carriage Club, uh, how can they how can they do that? What's the best way for them to find out about Horseless Carriage? I think the best way would be to contact our office, and you can go into the website uh, hcca.org. Uh, the address uh, to talk to the executive secretary, tell her where you live. She can give you. Uh, the name and contacts of a local uh, registry or regional group, and that's how the ball gets started. Yeah, I, it is. And the magazine, uh, I'll give our editor, Mr. Meyer, a nice plug. It's it, it's one of the the best looking magazines in the in the hobby. It just is. Mm-hmm. It, it 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 just is. He does he does a great job in the photographs and the pictures that he's. Oh, absolutely. That that are in there. Plus the information. There's always you know. You're again. We go back to why do I care about the the club? Because they have information about how to do things. Uh, mm-hmm. And and a lot of it is generic. These old cars are pretty simple. And it you know how does the timer work for your magneto ignition system? Or what is a timer? Yeah. What is it? What is this stuff? I want to do this, but I'm really afraid of it. And don't be because you'll find that 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 all in all most of the horses carriage people will go out of their way to help you absolutely carl i want to uh take this opportunity to thank you for being on and uh we look forward to in in fact if you don't mind i might give you a call back in just a minute um sure we want to help you all in any way that we can here at america's web radio and promoting thank you very much for having me i hope it it helps and i hope there's a listener out there that uh takes the first step and gets involved. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. It's an experience you will remember. Exactly, and the people are the best. I've always said that you meet the nicest people in the old car hobby. 
With that being said, we got to put the plug in the jug. We'll be back next week with the Classic Car Show, only on America's Web Radio. Thanks again, Carl. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.